Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. strange and mysterious world of the inhuman experience a podcast that discusses the paranormal and we make our humble attempt to explain the unexplained my name is bobby anthem and along with me he's been dead for years but he just doesn't know it yet my (laughs) fellow inhuman bobby blades what's happening man? hey what's up how's it going (laughs) doing doing good man How's, how's being uh How's being non-corporeal working out for you? <laughs> it sucks. I can't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you can touch the equipment to record. That sounded bad. Don't touch the equipment. <laughs> but uh, but if um if you haven't figured out yet what we're going to be discussing today, we're talking about uh, all things spirits, non-corporeal ghosts, apparitions, things of that nature. So. What do we have on that, Blades? Um, well, yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and so I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. Uh, in folklore, ghosts, sometimes known as an apparition, haunt, phantom, poltergeist, shade, specter, spirit, spook, and wraith, is the soul of a spirit of a dead person or animal that can appear to the living. In ghost lore, descriptions of ghosts vary widely from an invisible presence to translucent or barely visible wispy shapes, to realistic lifelike visions. The deliberate attempt to contact the spirit of a deceased person is known as necromancy or in spiritism as a seance. That, yeah, so what are your thoughts on that, man? Because like, I definitely have my feelings. I have my ideas and thoughts. And, um, you know, I know that we've spoken to some people and it's something that everybody has an opinion on one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, like I said, as uh, in our first episode, as a child, I completely and utterly believed in the existence of beings from the afterlife, uh, ancestors like watching over us and everything like that. Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's uh, it's kind of iffy. It's a little sketchy there. I don't know. It's, it's like I really want to believe. Um, and I'm looking in every area for proof, but I'm looking at it with the skeptic's eye to see if it can be debunked. Um, but pretty much right now it's, uh, kind of sitting on the fence there. How about you? Okay. Yeah. See, I I feel like that's not a bad way to look at it. Really. Um, my thing is I do believe in spirits. I believe that they exist. I've had my own experiences, uh, which we'll get into. I believe that spirits are absolutely real. I believe that our spirit is what we are. It's our true self. What we walk around and, and see 
when we look at people walking around, we're just seeing a spirit wrapped in meat. You know? <laughs> a meat suit. <laughs> it's a meat suit. That's what that's that's what that is. You know, we're 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 carried by our spirit, and we might not know exactly what it is. We definitely don't know exactly what it is. You know, um, yeah. Religion religion can't exactly definitively answer it. Science hasn't has yet to be able to definitively answer it. We don't know exactly what the soul or the spirit is, but we can all agree that it's definitely an energy and it's definitely our our consciousness and what makes us who we are as living things. Yeah, and you uh, bring up a good point. That I wanted to ask you this question about like uh, some kind of it's a pseudoscience maybe or it's actually on the fringe science where they're talking about living forever and uploading human consciousness uh, to the computer so everybody can exist kind of out of their bodies that's non-corporeal right. now would that be would the essence of your consciousness be a spirit itself or would that be just like a copy of your consciousness i i really believe that there is a definitive mathematical scientific answer for absolutely everything in existence everything uh it, it might be too big for us to wrap our brains around, you know, but um, I think that the uh, spirit can be broken down and quantified, you know, mathematically. So, yes, I think uh, I think our spirit can be broken down into data like that, and it actually would qualify as a spirit. That's my thought. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor, yeah. <laughs> but I think that... <laughs> I think that there is something to that. Yeah, it does sound very interesting, and it actually sounds plausible. I mean, if not in sci-fi films, then um, who would have thought of it if they, you know, somebody had the idea, and they're like, oh, let's make a movie about this. Well, mm -hmm. okay, if it's possible to do that, then why is it not possible to actually accomplish such a thing? And, uh, you know, maybe our bodies could fade away, but our memories and our consciousness could reside elsewhere. Very true. And I mean, even with that, honestly, we don't know what happens to our spirit when we die. We don't know when our bodies die. We don't know what happens. We, we can only we can guess, you know, whether whether you have a religious belief or not, you have an idea or you don't have an idea of what mm -hmm. happens. You know, you might think that you might think that your spirit goes off to this cloud that they call heaven. Or you might think that it just floats around in the universe and becomes one with the universe. Or you might think that it just fades away into nothing. But the, the fact is, we don't know. We have absolutely no idea what nope. happens. We can only speculate. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool. Uh, I wanted to bring that up because you brought out a memory and I was like, oh, I'd like to talk about that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like that sort of thing is going to come up a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I will always have some deep questions that I want to ask your opinion on. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what this is about, you know, and if, if there's something that I can't answer or, well, there's going to be a lot that I can't answer. I'm not an expert in any of this. Just like us, like, like we said before, uh, we, we would like to make it clear that we are not experts on any of this. We're just some guys who have interest in these things. So, you know, it'll be it would be really cool to hear from people who have a deeper understanding of these things or who just even have their own ideas and opinions of these things. Exactly. And so if you, the listener, uh, have any input at the end of this show, we are going to be providing an email address. And as always, you can follow us on our Twitter account, which is IEXP underscore podcast at at IEXP underscore podcast. But yeah, going into uh, the next thing, you would you like to share some personal accounts? This is this is where it gets a little crazy just because a lot of people have stories and mm -hmm. it, it's tough to know what to believe. It's tough to know the state of mind of the person when they went through these things. And, you know, these things could be something as, as simple as, uh, you know, a, a, a frequency that a rogue frequency that we're reacting to, or it could be sleep deprivation or it could be anything. We don't know. But mm -hmm. 
with that said, I know that I've had experiences and, and, and what I experienced to me are the truth. So first off, I know that, uh, I mentioned on our first episode that when I was in college, I lived in the cemetery where the movie, the night of the living dead was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anybody can look that up. You can Google it. It's called Allegheny cemetery in Pittsburgh. Um, they hire college students to do security. Uh, that was honestly probably the best job. My, my, my favorite job <laughs> out of all the jobs I've ever had. That was my favorite job. And, um, yeah, we would, we would see things, you know, I don't, I don't have an exact story that I'm going to tell right now, but uh, about the things that happened at the cemetery, but there were a lot of little things that would take place such as, um, uh, one time me and the other guards, we were sitting around watching TV and uh, the remote was sitting on the table. It was late at night. Uh, all of us had ended our shifts, and we were just trying to wind down. And for whatever reason, the, the TV just started to change channels. It just flipped a few times, and then it just landed. On, <laughs> I can't even remember where it landed, because to us at the time, that wasn't the important thing. The important thing to us was that it happened, and we didn't know why the hell it happened. We didn't freak out or anything. We just all kind of looked at each other. Our one roommate just reached over really slow, picked up the remote, put it back on what we were watching, and just <laughs> put it back down. And we just we never we never spoke about it again until years later. So that was that was one thing that happened. And um, tied into that, another thing that happened at that cemetery, and it was right around that same time. We stayed in the, the security office in that cemetery, and all of the buildings there were houses, and they were old houses. So the house that we were in had a really old school, like an old time doorbell, like with an actual bell, almost like a buzzer. And the area by the door was open. It was clear. There was nowhere to hide or anything. So one day we're, all, we're just all there and the doorbell just sticks for no reason. It's just like somebody was leaning on the bell and we thought somebody was, uh, was messing with us or whatever so we all all of us who were there we all ran to the door immediately and there was nobody there at all they had nowhere to if if there was somebody there they had nowhere to run and nowhere to hide in the time that it took us to get there so again we just kind of looked at each other you know the doorbell stopped ringing we just kind of looked at each other just closed the door and didn't say anything else about it <laughs> until years later you know so there were little things like that that would happen yeah, kind of leaving those things unspoken. Yeah. I guess speaking for them, we all kind of felt like if we talked about it at the time, it would it might kind of stir something up, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Did you yeah, ever we, try to debunk that? Like, uh, you know, do some work around, see how long a person could stay on the doorbell before somebody made it from where you, you guys were to the front door and look out yeah, to we, be able to get away in enough time? Yeah, as far as the doorbell, yeah, we we ran a, a couple of little tests like that <laughs> a little bit later, but yeah, we All just right. we just decided it was something that we weren't going to be able to answer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's some yeah, so some pretty wild <laughs> stories there. Yeah, I mean, and there were there were other little things that happened at that time, but of course, you also have to remember that was a, kind of a long time ago. So uh, more stories will come up in the future. But uh, <laughs> yeah, how about you? What do you have? Uh, well, uh, like I was talking about in episode one, um, we used to live in an old neighborhood. The entire area used to be a dairy farm, I believe, before they built houses upon there. And like a lot of weird stuff happened. Back in the 70s, before we, like a year before we moved in, a neighbor got shot and killed because he was trying to climb into one of the windows. Um, not in our house, but in the next door house. And so there was like a lot of weird happenings going on there. And uh, growing up in that house, I always remember feeling, just feeling really afraid, feeling like there was a presence there, uh, that sense of dread. I would, I would refuse to go in the basement for like many years of my life. And I didn't go into the attic until I actually became about 18 or 19 years old. And at that time, I decided to not be afraid. But other than that... I can think of like this one story where I was alone in the house one day. 
I was in my room and I was just listening to some ACDC and I heard a big, loud kind of snapping, banging sound almost. It was very strange. And I was trying to figure out where it came from. So I'm walking through the entire house and I don't see anything amiss. Everything is still in place. And I walk back into my bedroom and right in the middle of the floors, you remember those big Avon bottles that uh, Cologne came in that they yeah. used to sell back in the 80s? Well, I yes. had one of those. I was uh, I wore like this special kind of cologne. It was like a race car, <laughs> um, but sitting on on the floor of the on of my room was the race car there, and it was like I had it on the shelf, sitting there. And I'm like, how the hell could it fly off of the shelf, go into the middle of the floor, and just land there? Wow. And like, where the hell did that sound come from? Because I would have immediately looked had I known where the sound was coming from because I knew where the yeah. speakers were. Um, and so after that, I kind of put everything aside and I, I stepped out of the house and I didn't go back in for a while. I was like, oh, man, I'm freaked out. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so that, that was uh, a really, really strange occurrence. Wow. So is, is that something that you... Uh kind of had to make yourself try to forget or <laughs> was it was it has it like pretty much always been in your mind um i didn't have to try to forget it i just kind of let it go i came to terms yeah. with it i would say because it's uh i don't know it's not really something that bothers me anymore it used to bother me when i was younger but it doesn't it doesn't even do that anymore to me um because there was this one occurrence where i was like i decided to if there was actually a spirit in the house I decided I was going to try to make peace with it and say, yeah. you know, we we're both uh, we're both existing in this place. So why don't we try to get along and not uh, not piss each other off or scare the hell out of one another? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, let's uh, let's make peace. Let's have a truce. Um, so ever since then, I kind of just it was everything went smoothly. Like there were yeah. times like I would be coming into the house and the door would open for me and so wow. i was like i would say thank you <laughs> <laughs> right uh, so yeah that was the, you know as i grew up i got less afraid and uh yeah. you know it just became one of those things that makes a lot of sense i understand that because um with uh, when i was at the cemetery uh people would always ask me oh man aren't you afraid aren't you scared to live in a cemetery like no and they always ask do you ever see any crazy things? Anything? Yeah, they, crazy things happen all the time. Well, how are you not afraid? And I'll say, because I'm the security guard here, and I take my job seriously enough, and it's my job to protect the memories of the spirits who are here, and I believe that they understand that. You know, so yeah. it was like we were, you know, we 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 coexisted in that space. <laughs> I had a job to do, and my job was to protect them. I, I felt like they understood that, and I was good. I had no fear in that cemetery. Yeah, it's almost like uh, trying to convince yourself, even though you're speaking to the spirits or whatever, you're you're talking to yourself as well. That that part of your psyche, your uh, your uh, reptile mind, if I, if you uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but mm -hmm. something like that. And that part of the amygdala that holds all the fear, and so you're it's it's like you're convincing yourself that okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to make peace with uh, this entity and, you know, we're just going to try to go about our life or afterlife and just keep things going. Yeah. Now, I do have another story. This story makes me uneasy even even right now. I'm, I'm kind of uneasy about this story only because at the time I wasn't fully aware that there was something going on. Mm. I moved a, I moved around a lot, you know, uh, since uh, when I went to college, you know, I moved, I lived in a lot of different places. And then uh, my kid's mother and I, uh, we moved around a little bit, you know, just, just trying to just move into different neighborhoods, trying to find decent places to stay and, uh, you know, good rent. So anyway, she knew a person who was moving out of their house and the rent was super cheap and it was a fairly decent sized house. So, you know, of course I said, hell yeah, let's, let's Let's move in there. So, so you know, we rented the place for a little bit. And I always felt uneasy in that house. Never really understood why. Uh, at the time, I had, uh, I had one child, and we had a dog. Well, he was a puppy at, at the time. We were brand new to that house, and one time I had to run out to the corner store. 
didn't know what to do with the dog because the yard wasn't fenced in. So I didn't want to leave him outside and I didn't want him running free in the house. So I put him in the basement and you know, the, the basement door had decent door knobs, you know, it, it latched when you pushed it closed. It wasn't like one of those old doors that you could just, you know, shove a little bit and it opens it. it you, you close it and it snaps shut. I put him down there and he freaked out. Like he lost his mind. He was scratching at the door. He was crying. And I'm apologizing because I love my dog. I said, I'm sorry. I'll be back. I won't be gone too long. You know, there was nothing I could do. So I ran out as fast as I could to the corner store, bought what I had to get. And I came back to the house and the dog was out of the basement. He was in the living room and the basement door was closed. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was completely shut. And I couldn't understand what happened. Like, how did how did you do that? How did you learn? Do you have thumbs? How do you open doors? I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. <laughs> you know. So, so that happened. And um, like just the whole neighborhood was weird. I, I found out that I didn't really talk to a lot of the neighbors. The neighbors didn't really talk to me. They didn't seem to really want much to do with me. But I did find out that the the landlord, the lady who actually owned the house, a lot of the neighbors did not like her. There was one person who I would talk to. Uh, she would see me outside. She was an older lady. I think she. I think she might have been a nun. But you know, it, it see. And it seemed the crazy thing is, it seemed like every time I came out of the house, I would see her. She would see me, and she would stop, and she we would talk for a little bit, and it was cool. You know, I can I, I can talk to anybody. I can have a conversation with anybody. You know, so um, she was the only one in that neighborhood who was really nice to me. But still, I even had kind of a strange feeling about her. Anyway, after we moved out of that house, I told my kid's mother, oh, and the thing with the dog in the basement wasn't the only thing that happened. But to me, that was like, that was the first thing. That was the first strange thing that happened in that house. Yeah, that is definitely strange. So, so after that, uh, after we moved out, I told my kid's mom, I said, hey, yeah, all these crazy things used to happen in that house. I just like had a weird feeling there. I, I, you know, I'm just kind of glad to, that we moved out of there. <laughs> and then she told me, she said, yeah, she said, listen, I didn't want to tell you this. I'm like, oh no, I knew it was coming. <laughs> she said, I didn't want to tell you this, but the, the original owner of the house, the landlord's husband had a lot of gambling debts and the people who he owed money to came to collect on those debts. He went down to the basement and shot his head off. Whoa. Yeah. So. (laughs) I wouldn't live in that house. And I didn't know, I had no idea that that happened. Yeah. It was a feeling that I had when I was there and obviously the dog felt something and I felt horrible that I left him in that basement. Had I known, I never would have put him down there. Yeah, you know, animals can sense those things. Yeah. Because that, uh, your story about the dog and just feeling that sense of uh, dread kind of brought up something else that this is a secondhand account. But I remember when I was younger, we have this park where we live. Um, <clears throat> and the guy who, like, I guess he used to live in that area. And then when he transformed it into a park while he was still alive or after he died, his family changed it into a park. But yet him and his wife and I believe the rest of his family are buried there and they have like a mausoleum for him in the in the middle of that park. So <laughs> uh, we used to have a little poodle and my mom would walk the dog in the park. And one day the dog started freaking out. My mom was near the mausoleum there um, where the tombs are. And she, the dog was like freaking out. And I guess my mom was saying she had heard some, a voice or some voices or something like that. And the dog was just going buck wild. And, um, you know, she got, she got out of there pretty quick. And then, you know, when she came home, she had told us about it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really weird. And like the dog used to act pretty wild sometimes inside of our house too. Like he'd be barking at things that weren't there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe they can see something that we can't. They can definitely sense things that we can't. That was another thing. Like, I had my, my dog was with me for 16 years. I got him when he was a puppy. And uh, 
just had to put him down a few years ago, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But yeah, we, like I said, we moved around a lot and it seems like spirits would kind of follow me around me or my daughter or somebody, but there was always something that was with us. And yeah, there were times where my dog would just be in the room, just barking at what seemed like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And even the cats do that from time to time. That kind of weirds me out. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just be staring up at the ceiling and like looking at things. I'm like, what the hell do you see? I'm like looking around and I don't see anything. Yeah. Kids are the same way. You know, smaller kids are the same way. I believe that we're all sensitive to these things and we kind of grow out of it. I mean, that might have something to do with the calcification of the uh, pineal gland. Yeah. But but children and animals are definitely more sensitive to these things than we are. Yeah, I I believe that they are uh, very sensitive to like the ebbs and flows of nature and they can see energy and sense it. Yes. And that's why like cats, I always say they're like the best judges of character. If a cat doesn't like a person, it's for a good reason. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's another point. I digress from that. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I did have one last story uh, if you wanted to hear. Absolutely. Okay. So (laughs) this is another this is another big one. And again, I don't know how anybody is going to take these stories and none of what I'm saying is made up. <clears throat> these are things that I've actually experienced and, and I, and I actually have so much, so much more. I'm going to get into so much more at a later date, but this one actually, uh, and I, I was debating on whether I wanted to mention this one or not, because it involves my daughter, my oldest daughter. And actually a lot of the stories that I have involve my oldest daughter and I just, I want to be respectful. I love my children more than anything else in this world. And I, I want to be respectful to my kids. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I don't know how she would feel about me uh, telling these stories. But since none of you know who she is, <laughs> I feel like maybe I could go ahead and, and say this. So when she was younger, she was about three years old. She had what her mother and I thought were imaginary friends. They were two imaginary friends. They were girls. Their names were Sarah and Ashley. And how how a three-year-old came up with Sarah and Ashley, I would never know because, you know, <laughs> three-year-olds tend to come up with outrageous, you know, names, crazy stuff. But she came up with Sarah and Ashley. Don't know where – we didn't know where she got those from. You know, some normal-sounding names, you know what yeah. I mean? So um, – we just we just figured oh you know she has imaginary friends that's cool everybody all a lot of kids do you know and um but she would she would play with them she would be in the room like and this is she was three three and four years old and she would play with them talk to them have conversations with them she would she would pause to let them talk she would say she would say things as if she was answering questions she would seemingly respond to things it seemed like she would she would laugh sometimes and right it's it didn't seem like she was just imagining she was respond she was interacting with somebody at least that was what it came to seem like to us so and um one day we asked her about sarah and ashley we said um how did how did you meet them or you know tell us about them and uh, she told us now i can't remember which I can't remember if it was Sarah or Ashley, but, you know, that's immaterial right now. She said that um, they were said that they were laying in bed and I'll just say Sarah, her mom died and her, I guess her mom and dad died and brother or something like that. And Sarah's or Ashley's father is crying. This is this is this is coming from a three year old. Remember? <laughs> She said her mother and father and brother are dead and Ashley's father is crying and oh, Sarah wow. and Ashley and Sarah and Ashley are both laying in bed. So okay. we're like, wow, you know? And so that was when her mother and I talked to each other. We're like, listen, I don't think they're imaginary. You know, I, I really don't <laughs> think she's making these things up. So, um, so as time went on, like she kept, she kept talking to them, kept playing with them, kept interacting you know, and she was getting a little bit older and she would interact with them, you know, less frequently. And um, when she was about four years old, she had stopped talking about them altogether. 
her mother asked her, she said, hey, where's, how are Sarah and Ashley doing? You haven't spoken, like, you haven't talked about them in a while. And what she said to her was, she said, yeah, they told me I'm going to be okay and that I don't need them anymore. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. So, and, and I believe it. I have no reason not to believe my daughter that, yeah. that she, you know, I believe that Sarah and Ashley are real and that they were protecting my daughter from something. Well, kids are smart and they're also very perceptive. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't doubt that. I mean, even if she made him up, that's quite an elaborate story there. Yeah, I felt like it was entirely too elaborate for a three-year-old <laughs> to make up. Unless she has a really intense imagination. Mm. Yeah, I just I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I know what I believe. Yeah. I know what I believe. I believe it to be real and and maybe I'm wrong. Like because it's crazy. It really is crazy and I know that it is. But I was there to witness all of these things for for you know, the better part of 2 years. Yeah, you've straight. got firsthand experience. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I I tend to believe it. Wow. Have uh, you or anybody else in your family ever seen an apparition? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You know what, since you mentioned that, yeah, I, I actually can tell another quick story. <laughs> oh, because I was curious about if you had, like, just seen, like, things happen or actually seen an apparition itself. I, I'll keep my experiences to myself because I, I still, it's hard for me to explain what, what <laughs> I think I might have witnessed. But I'll tell you a story that my mother has told my sisters and me a few times. Um, when my parents were first married, they rented a room, you know, the, the first place they stayed, they rented a room from, from a lady and they stayed in her house and, um, you know, they were just married. They were in their room and my mother said that she saw that there was a cat. She told my father, there's a cat on the dresser. Like they didn't know how the cat got in there. So she told him to go get the cat. So my father got up to go get the cat. The cat looked at them and jumped off the dresser and disappeared before it hit the floor. Wow. Yeah. And, my, and both of my parents, like, they, my mother told the story. My father remembers, you know, my father's never been a drinker at all. And he's like, yeah, that happened, you know. <laughs> Nobody my, was on DMT or anything? Nope. No, my parents were not on anything. <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge. I don't know what they were into in the, in the 70s. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I believe it. My mother, if I asked my mother about it now, she would she would tell me the whole story again <clears throat> as if it just happened. Yeah, that's the kind of experience that stays with you. Yeah, and that's not the only time either that I've had family members who have seen things. You know, I had I had a I have another story, but I'll I'll save that for <laughs> another day. I have plenty. I have plenty yeah. of stories. I I actually got something that I just remembered. Okay. <clears throat> It's not a first-hand personal account, but um, I was dating a girl back in 2009, and she was heavily into, like, the spirit world, and, like, uh, she would go to the graveyards in Louisiana and take photographs and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember she took a trip to Louisiana, and when she came back, she had showed me this whole thing of pictures where <clears throat> she was like, what do you see in these pictures? And I was like, oh, the, I see you by the lamppost, and then on the bench there's a woman sitting there. She's like, yeah, but there was never a woman sitting there. Mm. And I'm just looking at the picture, and I can see the top of the woman. She's like wearing Victorian-era clothing, uh, oh. but you don't see her legs, and she has no arms. Like It, it kind of just blends into everything. And I'm thinking that's really strange because uh, my girlfriend at the time was in the picture and uh, this half of a person is sitting on the bench, you know, wearing Victorian yeah. clothes. And, you know, she just had some weird stuff. And then there was another photograph um, where she was actually in a graveyard. Uh, I think this was up here. Uh, I believe it was Salem. Uh, she was in the graveyard and she was taking photographs of the graves. And on one of the graves, there was like this big grayish white cloud just coming, like hovering above the gravestone. Um, and there was no reason for it to be there. And I doubt it was, uh, this was before digital photography. This was yeah. all done like on paper and everything. Right. So it, I don't know, it was just unexplainable things. And I thought it was pretty cool. 
Wow. I'm like, wow, you caught an apparition on film. I mean, that's wow. like extremely rare. It is. That's something I would like to see. Yeah. Wow. Man. And uh, she used to live in a house where they had a lot of uh, unexplained occurrences and experiences. Yeah. Like in, uh, she would be doing the laundry in her basement and like she would hear her name. And so she turned around and like she said that uh, uh, it was like a big puff of smoke just came at her face and she saw a face inside of the smoke. And I'm like, shit, if I saw that, my ass would be out of the basement, yeah, up yeah, the stairs, be, and out the door. That would be my very last second living there, <laughs> I would have to say. Yeah. I, I mean, I've experienced some things, but I don't think I could deal with that. No, I did, I'm, I've got uh, goosebumps just talking about that. Yeah. You know, just thinking if I was ever to experience that, I would be frightened. Beyond frightened, actually. Shit. Wow. Yeah, but those are some of the things. And I'm glad they didn't happen to me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll listen to your stories, but, you know, that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, see, and the things, yeah, the things that have happened to me, I guess, I don't know if maybe, I didn't, I never really freaked out. Like, I freak out thinking about something that might happen. Like, if I'm in a dark space at night, you know, and, and I think I hear something, I'll freak out. But yeah, the things that have happened to me at the time, as I, as it was happening to me, I didn't freak out. But I'd never had anything like a puff of smoke come at me and a face appear. Like, I've never yeah. had that. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit, I mean, that's unnerving to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can imagine people would piss themselves if that had happened. Yeah. Now, you know, there, and I don't know why that reminds me, but just another really quick thing that happened at the cemetery <laughs> when we were there. My roommates and I, you know, we're all college guys. So, you know, we would just hang out and there would be other other college age kids who would come in and just hang out. And if they were cool, they were cool. We didn't give them any trouble if they weren't trying to make any trouble, if they weren't in there drinking and making a mess or kicking over headstones or whatever we didn't you know if they weren't bothering us or if they took the time to get to know us and be respectful we were cool with it yeah so um there was one guy he used to walk his dogs through the cemetery and you know he was a decent guy he was very religious he was a very we, we found out later he was a very religious guy you know which was i don't know i i, I don't i don't want to put him in a box or anything you know because of course like like we said before <laughs> i'm a religious guy yeah. but you know, I don't like being put in a box, but this guy was like, I don't know. You know, he didn't use any foul language or anything. Or, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He was just, he was just a really clean cut person, but you know, he seemed to be really in tune with nature. He always had his two dogs he would walk through. So one time we were all just hanging out, the gates were closed and we're just hanging out talking and, and, uh, his name was Hunter. And that was all we knew him as was Hunter. And you know, as we're talking, he's leading, he's sitting on one of the big, uh, uh, is it a headstone? You know, the one that sticks up out of the ground. It was a big one. So he's, he's leaning on that while we're talking. And one of my roommates stops him. I think Hunter was actually in the middle of talking. And my roommate was just looking and he stopped. He said, Hey, and we all stopped. He said, look, look at that. And we said, look at what? He said, Hunter, look at what you're sitting on. So Hunter looked at the, the gravestone and it only had one word on it. Hunter. <laughs> and the only reaction Hunter had was, huh. Oh. <laughs> was, was, huh. And then he went back to saying what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Synchronicity. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what that was about. I don't know <laughs> if there was anything supernatural or if that was a coincidence or if, if Hunter was actually still with us. I don't know. But that was just crazy. That was crazy to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. And you said this guy was walking his dog or something? Well, he would walk his dog. He was he was one of the regular guys. Like we knew him. You know, okay. he would, he was there all the time. If he was walking, he would walk his dog and he would come to the security office and just hang out with us, talk to us, whatever, you know, he was a cool guy. Like we, <laughs> we all, all of us guards knew him. Uh, that makes me question if uh, like y'all were on some Bruce Willis sixth sense type thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't Do know. Do you see dead people? <laughs> Wow, that's amazing, man. And just like sometimes the that kind of ties into um, an experience that my mom used to have like quite a bit where she'd be thinking about somebody and then they would call up on the phone. 
Like, have you ever had that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That seems to happen a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who's the, who, who knows what that is? You know, is that some type of sensitivity? Is it, like, yeah, who is it knows? telepathy or, <laughs> yeah. you know, just a, a, a deep connection to somebody? And, you know, you guys are thinking the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Or even if you're not necessarily thinking about a, a specific or a particular person, you know, you might just take your phone out of your pocket and just look at it for a second. It's not doing anything, but then it'll just it'll just ring. Yeah, that also happens with lost things that you could be looking for if you have the thought in your mind and then all of a sudden you find it and you've been yeah. looking for it for two weeks or whatever. I actually have this really cool story. It, okay. it doesn't have anything to do with uh, spirits that I'm aware of, but it has to do with my nephew when he was younger. And um, he had this, I guess you would call it ability. Um, my sister was telling me a story of how she was thinking of where she put her keys last. And he, he was about maybe, I'd say two or three at this time. And he had said something like, uh, your keys are, your keys are in the drawer or something like that. And she, she didn't even say a word. He was, you know, he had just come up with that. And oh, this, wow. yeah. this had happened quite a few times. And so I decided to put it to the test. Um, one day he was in the car with us. And so I was thinking as hard as I could of somebody's name. And I just kept repeating it over and over in my mind. And, uh, he's in the front seat and he, he, um, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> I'm getting choked up here. And he speaks up. He goes, Pamela, Pamela. And I was like, no way. Wow. Uh, I, wow. I seriously thought that like he could read minds or something. And I shit you not. This is a hundred percent true story. I believe it. I believe it completely. <laughs> I mean, because I've, I've seen things like that. I've seen things like that in my own daughter. So, yeah, I completely believe it. It was just yeah. the strangest thing. I mean, yeah. I didn't believe it myself until, I, you know, I put it to the test. I was like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to find out if this is true or not. Yeah, man. Like we said it before, kids are sensitive to these things, you know? Yeah. So keep your pineal gland healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to decalcify it once a month. Yeah. Keep yourself in tune. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your system alkaline. <laughs> yeah, those vibrations tune up your yeah. frequencies. Wow. Yeah, man, there's there's so many stories to tell. Yeah, tons so and tons of stories to tell. So. Yeah, I wonder if I have any more. I can't think of any right now, like that deal with uh, spirits and stuff. But I probably do have a lockbox in my mind somewhere that I'm just keeping from my own self. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really believe that it'll all come out in the yeah. future. It'll all come out in other episodes, and we're we're definitely gonna get deeper into it. And and you, if you're listening, you know, you, I know that I know that you have stories. Everybody yep. has something, you know, and we want to hear would your love stories. Love to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going into that, I just want to, I want. Uh, to do, go through the email so you guys can contact us if you you know if you feel so inclined if you have a story to share we would love to hear it and so you can hit us up on email at inhumansex at gmail.com again that's inhumansex at gmail.com uh, inhumans with a z at the end um, and then you could follow us on twitter at iexp underscore podcast um, there we are. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have any plugs you want to do, Bobby? I sure do. Well, I actually <laughs> have some uh, have some people that I want to mention. Some podcasts. Some of our friends in podcasting. Got to show respect. Yeah. To my podcast family, my THT Network family: Boxman, Shaheen, Anthony, Doug, J. Cat Morris. I love those guys. You should yeah, check them out. Yeah, much love the THT. Absolutely. You know, we have, we have shows like the Hot Tag Podcast, the Hot Tag Yakuza Kick Collabo Show, uh, THT Movie Review, uh, the Rainman of Wrestling. Oh, man, there's, <laughs> there's so much more to come as well. So the many Persian more shows and the to Jew. Come. The Persian and the Jew. <laughs> so many other, uh, so many more uh, shows to come. Those are some great guys. Check them out. 
Um, also want to mention the Strap Podcast. Those are some good friends of mine. Uh, Links Kinetic and Sarah, good people. Uh, I would also like to mention the Geek Culture Cast Network. That's another family of mine, another podcast family of mine. And I, I love those guys. And uh, they should get more ears on their product and what they do. You know, just like what it sounds, Geek Culture Cast Network. They talk a lot of comic books, sci-fi, things like that. They have shows like uh, Legends of the Panel podcast with Chulak, KJ the Comic Guy, and the Lady Archer, the lovely Lady Archer. <laughs> uh, War My Tardis podcast where they talk sci-fi and fantasy and active geek podcast great shows great guys and I'll, I'll also have to mention a podcast that i'm on actually every uh every monday it's released uh saturday morning cartoons that's mornings morning with a u saturday morning cartoons they rate review and ridicule uh, some of the world's wackiest cartoons <laughs> some things you might have grown up watching that's uh dave trumbor and sean paul ellis great guys love those guys so yeah. Oh yeah! Shout out to Saturday morning cartoons. What do you uh, have? I got uh, I got some shout outs here too. Of course, uh, big shout out to the family over at Get in the Corner podcast. Oh, excellent, yeah. po excellent podcast <laughs> goes live every Wednesday night. And if you're you know if you're lucky enough to catch the show live or even be called by them, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, shout out to Suplex City Limits. Shout out to our friends at Wrestling Soup, our man Burbs, Burbs. Um, yeah, and Wookie. The Wookie. <laughs> Big shout out to Wook. Absolutely. So yeah, there we so. are, man. You know, and, and uh, I just I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to us. We are hell yeah, just getting started, but we're, <laughs> we're but we're really excited about what we what we have going here. We have a lot more topics coming. Uh, everything dealing with the paranormal. Um, we have guests coming. Uh, that's that's locked in. So <laughs> definitely, yeah. you made an executive decision last night. I made an executive <laughs> decision. <laughs> T. Gender, one you know, will be on this show. Yeah, mark my words. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, but once again, yeah, thank thanks everyone for listening, and we really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week.